I'm Claire. And I'm Emma. Welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions, like hot chefs, $90 white t-shirts, and Michelin stars. If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you, as always, for being here. You quite literally make our work possible. We're here today because season two of The Bear dropped at the end of last month on Hulu all at once, and we binged it, and we just can't stop thinking about it. This is the kind of show that I feel like we needed to watch and read about and sit with before we had a chat about it, and now we're ready. We're finally ready to discuss The Bear. One of the best things that I have watched in the last year. It was such a fun experience, which is often not how I experience TV anymore. I think maybe just because I was coming off of a pretty big disappointment for me, which was Ted Lasso season three. And there will be more from me on Ted Lasso in this episode. So if you're a fan, brace yourself. But I was really kind of looking forward to season three and when it dropped I was like this is gonna be so fun and then like it was so hard to watch and every episode felt endless and I couldn't even get into it and I just gave up and didn't watch season three I'm done with Ted Lasso Uh, yeah no it was the kind of experience where I started to feel embarrassed like I had taken Greg to a restaurant that I said was really good but actually it was terrible and I was like I'm sorry and it wasn't a good feeling and I was like what if the bear is so bad that I feel awkward watching it with Greg like what if it's that bad and it wasn't here's the thing the bear season two I thought they fucking knocked it out of the park I absolutely loved this season I'm so excited to talk about it before we get into season two should we give a little just high High-level, quick recap of season one. Yeah, I think I almost need it myself, so let's do it. (laughs) So season one, Carmi Berzato, a young, hotshot, Michelin-starred chef, has returned to his hometown of Chicago after his older brother Michael has died by suicide. Michael left him his restaurant, a sort of neighborhood sandwich joint called the beef it's it's like a neighborhood staple but it's not like the nicest restaurant it's very i'd say it's gritty it's a mess it's gritty it's a mess they're constantly scrambling for money and carmy yeah is in the original beef the original beef carmy's in this state of grief and trauma he's returned home and he's trying to deal with all of it while also keep this restaurant his brother's legacy afloat yeah so he's back home with his dysfunctional family his sister natalie or sugar his mom who is someone with issues that haunt him she's you know has struggles with alcohol and substances like michael did and she is not a very safe and secure parent figure to them so he's back in this place that he had wanted to basically escape but he feels really obligated to to make this restaurant work and we're introduced to other key characters there kind of is the 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 cast of people who were running the restaurant with michael there's richie the cousin 
who is actually Carmi's brother's best friend and family friend, but he's not their actual cousin. And also he's not like a chef and doesn't really have any real job except to run around acting like he's in charge of everything. <laughs> There's Sugar, of course, Carmi's sister. We also meet Carmi's uncle, Jimmy Cicero, who was a financial backer for Michael. He's kind of the success in the family. He's the person that they all rely on for financial favors and a little leg up. There is Marcus, who is the bread maker at the restaurant and burgeoning pastry chef, line cooks, Tina and Ibrahim, and Neil Fack, who is another childhood friend, neighborhood friend of the Brazado kids. And he's like the handyman, jack of all trades at the restaurant. So the person who kind of, along with Carmi, like brings us into this world is another newcomer, Sydney. Sydney is an aspiring, I mean, she's a chef, but she sort of aspires to be a chef in Carmi's mold, like someone who works at a fine dining establishment, someone with real culinary ambitions. And she has had some setbacks professionally. She had like a catering business that failed. And then she learns that this amazing famous chef is in Chicago where she lives and she starts showing up at the be the beef and being like, I want to stage here. I want to learn from you. And ultimately Carmi lets her stay and she becomes part of the staff of the restaurant. She becomes like the sous chef of the beef yeah. and, and kind of, Car yeah, Carmi's number two essentially. Yeah. And his like creative partner because no one yeah, else there really a... has the same kind of background, like culinary school background, like adventurous They're both cuisine. there to like, yeah, they're both there to like elevate yeah. the cuisine Experiment. of the beef. They have the sim similar ambitions and that's really their connection yeah. is that ambition. Yeah. And of course, Carmi is played by Jeremy Allen White and Sydney is played by Ayo Edibiri. They are sort of the the central figures of season one, I would say. At the end of the season, after many chaotic services where Carmi is just trying to hold this falling apart restaurant together with dental floss, they've reached kind of like a turning point in the road. They're like, we just can't get enough money to keep this place going. It's a mess. It's falling apart. Like we're constantly in the red. Apparently, Michael took a bunch of money from Uncle Jimmy that is now like gone and we're in huge, even bigger debt than we realized. But then they discover that Michael was storing cash in cans of tomatoes. So they have actually a lot of cash on hand. $300,000 to be exact. Yeah. All borrowed from Uncle Jimmy. But Uncle Jimmy thinks it's gone. So yeah. in a way, it's like theirs now. And they decide to turn the beef into a high-end restaurant called The Bear. And that's where we end. Yeah. And season two, we pick up with that mission in mind. Like, they're going to try to get the bear off the ground. And the problem is just that they actually need a lot more than $300,000 because the restaurant building is a complete shithole, mold-filled, termite-infested, falling apart None of the equipment like works anymore. They don't have the proper licenses. 
Plus, they need new ones for their new restaurant name. They need to pass like a fire safety inspection. They just like have a lot of hurdles to overcome and they need a lot more than $300,000. So they go to Uncle Jimmy, borrow more money, make him a full partner in this mission, and also promise (laughs) that if they can't pay him back in a year and a half, he gets the whole restaurant and the lot of land that it's on. So he can make his money back by selling, yeah, selling the building and the lot. But like, that is kind of given the, how that's hard it is to get a return policy. on an on even a existing successful restaurant. This is like a crazy thing to promise. It's very crazy. Like it's almost like being like, we will give you this restaurant in a year and a half. Because how are they going to make that much money back? But Carmi is like, this is the only thing that's going to get him to take this risk. Because Jimmy's like, why would I give you another half a million dollars after the other hundreds of thousands of dollars disappeared into cans? (laughs) Yeah, we're found bathing in San Marzano tomato sauce. (laughs) Fair enough. So they're like, we'll worry about the fact that we definitely are going to need to give this restaurant to Jimmy later. (laughs) And... In the meantime, we'll just try to open as soon as possible so we can start making money as soon as possible. But that means that even though they're in a sprint to reopen the restaurant, that's a big task. They're creating a new space from like the shell of this broken down restaurant. They are creating a new team by retraining the team they have and and also hiring and they're designing a new menu. This is not a process that happens overnight. So all of season two is basically spent on that regrouping process of rebuilding as the bear. It's not like season one immersed in the chaos of dinner service. There's only like one dinner service at the end of the season. Instead, it's like, contracting issues and menu experimentation and you know the pace just like slows down a lot yeah we're able to actually spend some quality time with some of the other characters Carmi is still the connective tissue but it really becomes a true ensemble show there are our capsule episodes that focus on different characters and it just lets us kind of breathe a little bit as viewers whereas season one was extremely cloistered. Also, this season is full of absolutely wild cameos. Like, Yeah, it seems like <laughs> celebrities were just like, can I please be in your show? And they were like, we'll see what we can do. At least two episodes are just like chock full of really great cameos. Jamie Lee Curtis, Sarah Paulson, Olivia Coleman. When Olivia Coleman we, just pops up out of nowhere, I was like, wait, oh, right I was now? dying. We got a little John Mulaney, a little Bob Odenkirk. I mean, it's just an embarrassment of riches. At points, I was like, maybe this is a little distracting, but everyone showed up ready to do their best to melt into the scenery. John Mulaney simply always reads as John Mulaney. Oh, look, there's John Mulaney. That's the thing. I'm like, I'm, I believe he's really trying, but like, that's John Mulaney. But yeah, they're, they're opening up in this way. It's like season one, they were kind of building the team. They were getting this core group to know each other and like bonding them together in the furnace of the kitchen. And in season two, we saw like, relatively little of a lot of them working together and I think a lot of it is actually about the struggle to stay connected that 
you know, Marcus and Tina and Ibra and Richie are being sent to learn at other restaurants. So when we see them have significant time on screen, it's it's mostly with other people. It's with like guest stars who are playing, you know, expert chefs or restaurant hosts who are teaching them the craft and they're having some sort of personal growth outside of the familiar restaurant space. And then with like Carmi and Sydney, the first season is about them like coming together. And I think in season two, there is this culty, it's more of a push pull. Yeah. They need to stay two. connected because they're designing this restaurant together. But Carmi is always being sort of distracted and pulled away. And so their closeness is now like really important, but it's hard to maintain. And they're always like missing each other and or miscommunicating. So it's just a very different feel. It's interesting. I kept thinking about it as a show and a season about like how healing teamwork is and shared belief and purpose. But a lot of the actual episodes are about them being separated from the team and going elsewhere for learning and growth. Yeah, I think it's an argument for the way that personal development can contribute to teamwork like if there is a shared mission and a shared goal it doesn't mean everyone needs to do all of the same things or grow in all of the same ways it's like one long training montage yeah. this season all just off like getting ready preparing yeah. for they're for all the doing their version of yeah. the rocky like running up it's, the stairs exactly exactly <laughs> and it, it makes me think of a sharp observation that new york times critic james pony made in his review of of season two where he observes that the bear has switched genres in between the seasons You just listened to a free preview of this week's Rich Text podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire Rich Text back catalog, you can become a paying subscriber at clarendemma.substack.com. If not, you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations. Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at clarendemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening. 